Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That man joining me over the audio of the interwebs all the way in his home in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mr. Brant Kruger, the the plastic Mr. Brant Kruger. That, that was a very like NBA basketball or 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 like a fight night introduction. It was all like if way. NPR and, uh, and a NBA basketball between, game might yeah, have like a somewhere baby. in between those two. Uh, <laughs> you've made me completely forget what my adjective was for you. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> of course. How could I forget? How could I forget that gentleman over there? He is the heavenly. Will Curran from Hear that, ladies? I'm the yeah, heavenly Will Curran. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see you again, Brant. Uh, it's been a whole week since I've seen you. Um, been hearing you've been keeping super busy, and I'm, I'm excited to just come back and talk tech and doing you know, things. Doing things. Talk, yeah. talk about the, the newest, the newest, greatest technologies, right? That's all we do when we talk about this podcast, is just only talk about tech. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> you would think. You would think. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, yeah. So, so today's topic um, is coming out of a. I just got off of. A, I, I'm one of the module leaders in the DES course uh, for PCMA, and um, I decided to be a little edgy. And someone was asking about exhibitors and like, how do you drive value for exhibitors in this virtual world? And you know, I now now I'm a year in for answering that question, and I decided to be a little edgy and had had some thoughts around it. But I I thought it'd be a cool topic that you know a lot of times that we come in here when people come to us, they look at us as the tech people, so they say immediately say, okay. My problem, exhibitors aren't happy. How do I solve that problem? Will, tell me, what technology do I use to do it? What, what feature do I enable on? How, um, is, it, is it AI matching? Is it, you know, uh, is it a chat? Is it video chat? Is it a uh, gamification scoreboard um, along the entire way, right? And we basically are like, no, right? <laughs> so, 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 Brent, like, you know, when it comes to this, problem of exhibitors specifically because we can talk about how you know i think our meta conversation we have eventually going through stringing along these episodes but what's your opinion on this topic of getting exhibitors to feel like there's actual value in digital and virtual events (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) so so my my thing goes back i I, by the way i'm 100 percent in agreement that um it's it's not about the technology i'm saying that i mean people know us they know we love technology but i just keep going back to the fact that all of this stuff needs to come from the design end and then you back your way into the technology i've been saying it for for 10 years now that you know i would rather see old technology used well than new technology used just for the sake of it being new Mm -hmm. so same thing applies here um, you know, we were forced online. We, you know, we didn't have a choice. So, but we do have a choice with what we do with that. And we have a choice with how we deal with our various stakeholders. And the biggest fails, in my opinion, in, when it comes to all of our events, but especially with, with online trade shows, with exhibitors, is not involving them in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, so so my, my 
take on on this is that the the worst thing you can do, you know, much like our, our events in general, is to just take what you were doing before and throw it online. And so uh, what a lot of folks did is they, okay, which platform can handle uh, exhibitors? Okay, so these, okay, uh, pick one of those. Okay, it's great. Oh, it's got fake booths. Okay, we've got the booths. We can click on it. We can do a video. Okay, great. Uh, great. We've got, great. We've got a trade show check the box off, we're done. Then you go to your exhibitors and say, good news, everybody. We've got, you know, it's going to be $12, we got a trade show $12. hall. Yeah, we've got a trade show. We've got a virtual trade show hall. It's going to be $12,000 a booth instead of the $30,000 that you would normal pay. So you're getting a bargain. And then, you know, they do the show and the exhibitors come back and say, that was garbage. Um, I, I got no value, no leads. I got no value well, out of that. Yeah, and so yeah. the, 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 you know, I know you've got a different angle at this. Uh, we were talking pre-show, but for me, my angle is that you need to be involving, and these angles actually mesh, but you need to be involving yeah, yeah. This, the, these the exhibitors in the design process. Mm -hmm. So you include them in the process and you say, what are you trying to get out of this? Because every yeah. exhibitor has different needs. And so you want to be going to, and so is it literally as many names and emails as possible? Or is it more targeted? Is it something where you're going to be bringing these things into Salesforce or, you know, your CRM and you're going to be targeting people that you're really sure are interested in your project? Um, those are different types of vendors. And so if you have mm -hmm. vendors that are looking for targeting, online is great. You can qualify those leads before they even hit you. And in addition to that, you can say, here are the 50 people that didn't stop by your booth, but went to a breakout that's very similar to what you do. And so you can provide crazy amounts of value to your exhibitors that have nothing to do with people stopping by their booth. Um, or you can say, okay, here's the 10,000 people that stopped by the event and here's their names and emails. You know, so it really does depend on what they need. So the more that you involve them in the process, I think, the happier they're going to be. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think that, you know, surveying and collecting information about your exhibitors and knowing your exhibitors is half the battle. Um, and I, Brant's already heard my first initial argument uh, that I'll bring, bring up that's a little crazy. But um, I think knowing them is so, so important because that's how you're going to end up driving value from. You have to think about this. that Like you, you build attendee personas so you can understand your attendees and how to sell tickets to them and build a great experience for them. Build your exhibitor personas too. What are they looking for? What are they looking to accomplish across the board too? And yeah, not just looking at throwing an, a feature at it. I love a good feature like anybody else. Like I release notes is like, my, you know, my Friday night reading, my Saturday morning reading is hearing about all the new stuff that comes out. I love that when I get the notification bar and it's like, oh, there's a new version and here's our January updates for the app. I'm like, I'm so stoked. But I think that it has to be paired with the right stuff too and that i bet you most of your exhibitors though don't care about the newest feature right they're just saying here like what's the end result what am i accomplishing you know and i think one of the biggest problems that comes in with the exhibitor side of things um i think attendees now have seen enough virtual or online experiences now that they now um uh, have some level of expectations. What, what does this look like and things like that? But exhibitors, this might be the one conference they exhibit that year or one or two. And so I think one of the best things that you can do is to be able to help set that expectation up in the right way too of what's about to come in. Because uh, it's it's definitely, I think it's, it's, it's feeling like... Um, it definitely feels a little bit removed in some ways where 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 uh, where the expectation levels are coming in. Um, so I have a, a crazy argument um, to be had about Lay the future. I think of of uh, exhibitors and things like that. 
So uh, and it's it's really interesting because like we now are on you know I think like I don't even know how we're in our hundreds of events that we're we're producing now that I hear this in all the Slack channels I get occasionally pulled in especially because I have a marketing mind so I sometimes can also help some of our biggest customers who have big big exhibitors to kind of think through this but the most common thing that I hear all the time is that they come in with this level of expectation of what they're looking for and then it doesn't get met and then who are they angry at? Right. They're not angry at themselves for how they utilized it or they're angry that, you know, I didn't understand. They blame the planner. And then what does a planner do as my cat is just crazy? He's on board with this argument right now. They then go to the platform. They go to the person set up and they say they didn't get the value. What the heck? You know, oh, my gosh, this and that. Or um, or sometimes what's happening is they say, well, we didn't train them well enough. They didn't understand how to use this platform. So my argument on this is that I think that as we start to pull into our second year of being um, all digital when it comes to our events is that we need to start looking at our exhibitors who get this from the get go. Right. I think a lot of exhibitors are coming in. I think the second event, it's going to be a little bit different, but but I remember the first one, everyone came in with the expectations of, oh, so this is like the in-person one. So, you know, I need to set up my dinner meetings with the, with the, with the, the, my top clients and, oh, I'm going to have people just coming by my booth to see what's going on. I'll have a chance to just bump shoulders with people. And I think that we were, as an industry, starting to move away from that, realizing that our exhibitors need to be thought leaders and need to drive value through presenting content and we need to make their exhibitor booths not about selling but about being an experience they come and hang out in and a chance to learn more right but then i feel like when we get virtual we just like went right back to that expectation of that's what it's going to look like and i think that what we have to look for are digital first companies that get this stuff and i can elaborate a little bit further but i want to kind of see what you're thinking in terms of this brand because i think it's the same way we talk about with speakers is the speakers that do this the best just get it they don't have to be trained they don't have to worry to guide they just get it right you, you caught me adjusting my microphone um <laughs> I had, I had muted myself so that it wouldn't go twang. Twang. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's something to this. And, and, and one of the things that I keep hammering home, uh, you know, in my, in my courses is, is this idea of the opportunities that are before us. Now, the folks that have done well over these last 10 months are the folks that have been pushing forward. The folks mm -hmm. that have been trying new things, experimenting, they didn't just take what we did in person and throw it online. Um, they're, they're playing around with stuff. They're trying new formats. They're, they're, they're being freed from time and space uh, in a way that we, have, we aren't able to do with our in-person events. And so one of the things that I've kind of, I mean, I say it seriously, it's, it's not a joke, but it is kind of funny, is it's an opportunity to scrape off some of those presenters. Oh yeah, you know 100%. That, that that's you know you know it's the pain in the arse exhibitors that, exactly that, that, that your yeah. your butt in the <laughs> and so the same thing applies for the exhibitors that it's 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 an opportunity to 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 start looking for the ones where there's much more mutual value, um, you know both both dollar wise and uh, and otherwise you know just just collateral synergistically kind yeah of exactly and so you can rather than having a large quantity of vendors so that you know the, the the giant trade show floor which which looks great in a conference brochure um you know you have a smaller number who get it 
and a smaller number who understand the value that you can provide and understand how to use that data. And you're looking for ways as the, and again, this is where that conversation between you and your stakeholders is so important. You know, finding out which, you know, which are, which are the most popular sales tools that they're using. You know, then does your platform, is your platform able to easily export? Uh, to those tools so that it's easy for them to bring their leads directly into their sales funnel. You know, that's value as opposed to here's a spreadsheet at the end of the event. So the more that you can tune your event to your high caliber exhibitors that get it, Mm -hmm. um, the more of that good relationship you're going to get, the more value they're going to get out of it, the more they're going to want to pay uh, for additional value, like, hey, here's package A, package B, package C, you know, kind of stuff where you can give them more access to data or more continued promotion after the event. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the digital services that are out there will act as like the digital marketing where you buy the shoes on Amazon and it follows you for the rest of the month. It, well, you know, you stop by the event and then that vendor's ad can follow you everywhere yeah. for the next month. Now, I find that annoying, but at the same time, there is this pair of boots that I've been seeing for about six months. And it's like every day I see it, it's like, yeah, well, maybe I do want those. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the retargeting works. 100%. It does. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I can't tell if I, I've actually liked them or if I've just seen them so often I've decided that I like them. Which <laughs> that you've is a decided real thing. that they're part of your life. Yep, that's right? a, totally a real thing. And so, so finding. I don't want to say better vendors, but vendors that are more in line with what yeah. you're capable of providing and what and get it um, are going to be more quality in the long run over quantity. So I, I think a lot of people are like, okay, I get this idea of getting it, but what? How do you find those sort of people? So if I had to define getting it, right? I use that term digital kind of first. Um, I'm trying to avoid the word digital native because right. I think that can, I've learned that apparently that's an ageist thing to say now. So we're gonna avoid that term, but people get digital first, right? And this idea of inbound, right? I'll steal some words from HubSpot. They're the ones who are going to get it, I think more than others. So ways that you can kind of help identify this are people who see your exhibitor booth, not just as a marketing asset, but as a digital marketing asset is huge and you're like yeah i get this i i think that exhibitor booths are digital marketing campaigns that you're trying to accomplish right they're not traditional sales campaigns they're not traditional field marketing campaigns they're purely digital the idea behind an exhibitor booth should be a couple things drive meetings it should be to drive traffic to the website and it should be to drive awareness that's kind of the high level objectives that you end up having and the ways that i would say like if i were like scoping through all my list of vendors right other than the ones who are complaining i didn't get value because those are easily the ones i think that say i didn't get it but if you're going pre and trying to figure out who do you try to upsell who do you try to push more to do this or who do you uh, you know maybe give away a free feature to get them to stay longer and to become a better exhibitor right all the techniques we use for in person things that i would look for is i would first go to your website if their website looks like it's in 1995 and it looks like it hasn't been updated in a long time, they're probably not going to get it, right? They, that website to them is the last thing they're prioritizing that I think is important. Then the next thing is, okay, their website looks great. First link I would look for, a blog. If they have a blog, they get the idea of putting content out there and that that's how you drive thought leadership using online on there. And I'm not talking about they just have a blog because I think everybody has a blog now, but has it been posted in the last year, the last month, the last week? Is it regularly being posted on? Do they have dedicated content writers? Those are people who get the idea of content online being such a key. Are they running Facebook ads? Are they um, 
doing live streams are they doing webinars regularly because i mean like think about it if they're doing re webinars regularly you can expect them to come in and do thought leadership content online and they probably don't have to tell them to use a good microphone because they're doing it all the time already right it should be like almost in a second nature uh experience for them and i think those are the kind of like things what, what other things would you kind of like do you think you would maybe look for to the people that maybe get it more than others <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, just being aware of data in general, like there's there's a generalized awareness of data that mm. I think some people get and some people don't. That that it's it is more than just an email and a name and you know a yeah. squishy ball, um, <laughs> you know that. But you know but those vendors exist, right? So you think about exhibitors. You know, as we're walking through the trade show floor, you just you see them. There's the ones that are just sitting there like lumps. Uh, you know, totally. with their free giveaway and, well, you got to put a card in and then you're entered in for a giveaway and they're just looking, you know, they, they, their measure of success when they get back in the office is total volume of people, 100%. not yeah. qualified leads, you know, or anything uh, like that, yeah. just total number of people scanned with a little beeper. Um, and you know, it's, it's anything that they can scan another thing. You know, we don't care if you're a vendor, we don't care, you know, who you are, supplier. <laughs> the, the people who scan other, like I'm sp a yeah. speaker and they right. scan me. I'm like, I'm a speaker. You do not want my contact information. Right. right. And I honestly, and I don't want you to email me for the next half, you yeah. know, half a year. Um, so, so there's, there's an, there's a recognition of the power of data being more than just emails and, and, and names, um, being targeted and using, using the rest of your conference to help target and to help funnel uh, toward those vendors um, is a huge thing. And then the other thing that I'll say is you touched on, um, you know, where, where we go from here. And, uh, you know, much like online events, uh, I keep saying, you know, we've gone further in online and hybrid in the last 10 months than we have in the previous 10 years. There was a very slow trend happening with exhibitors um, of unless there really needed to be a hands-on thing, we were starting to see people playing around with AR and VR um, rather than bringing the big bulky machinery. So there was already an emphasis in bringing less to the booth uh, unless it's something you really needed to get your hands on, like a new laptop or, or something along those lines. Um, yeah, I remember when you and I interviewed Brightline, you know, them talking about this like ship manufacturer that used to bring a like carved out quarter section of a cargo ship to trade shows uh, and that they helped them go online with a with an a with a VR walkthrough where they could actually show them the customizations and all the various things. So I feel like there was already a bit of a shift slowly happening um, regarding uh, going digital with our booths. Mm. And this, like everything else, is going to force folks to start thinking more digitally and more, um, more targeted when it comes to the data options that are available. That's so smart. I think that, yeah, like it, it's, this was the inevitable um, like intersection of technology that we knew was going to happen. And it just accelerated, as we always talk about, um, even faster into it. And yeah, like the people, we, we knew that people were moving more digital, that, you know, maybe the sale, they want, instead of sending 25 sales reps to your exhibit booth, you sent one. And they were the meeting scheduler for everybody to have meetings after the trade show or whatever it was on there, too. Uh, I think another trend that we probably saw, too, that the people who get it, like you said, it's not only are the ones who, like, start experimenting with these technologies. But you mentioned earlier, too, like the scanning of badges and forced 
interactions is also people who get GDPR, right? How many people out there, uh, planners are listening, or even event technology companies have heard an exhibitor in the last year say something like, yeah, so can I just get the list of all the attendees? Or can I get the list of everyone who just looked at my booth? And then you, you had to tell them, no, there's a thing called GDPR. That's illegal. Um, you need to be, you know, and you had to kind of convince them that that was not okay, right? Or they, they, or they were like, oh, dang it, GDPR, right? Right. You, but the people who get it, that this idea that it's an opt-in relationship, and I think the idea that like your booth is not just, hey, yeah, how many people came to your booth, but also too, like, how can you use your booth to then drive traffic back to your website, drive for meetings later, or to get that opt-in communication going as well. Or the person who understands that you can't just message every single attendee the same message. That happened to me at the conference I was just at. And I was like, I, I had probably told three or four people, I'm like, this is really cool. I really appreciate you. I'm not the person to talk to. Find my other person on the team. I doubt they even looked to go see who on my team was the best person to look at. It was like spam, 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 spam. And I think that's different than saying, hey, I just want to connect with everybody. But if you're trying to just connect to sell, that's wrong. Connect, build a relationship sell later when they ask you to sell to them <laughs> i think there's a whole secondary conversation about just bad sales uh, <laughs> yeah true that's true and, and, yeah and, and just because yeah as like you i've been a speaker and all of a sudden i'm you know now i'm on the list for renting linens in south florida for the next <laughs> six years you know? so it's like okay all right not not well targeted not well targeted not for well sure. targeted exactly and I, I think then, speaking of target, I probably can like turn everything we talk about into like the future. But people who get to, I think you said this earlier, that it's about making the list smaller too and, uh, and having better quality rather than quantity of exhibitors. Because, yeah, like you said, it used to be really cool to see like a thousand exhibitors and be like, wow, look how big this like trade show floor is. But now I'd rather go to an intimate event where those people are just exactly what I need and more niche But also, too, maybe exhibitors who also get that attendees that it's not about the number of attendees that you get but the quality of the attendees like even this last week when we had an exhibit booth I, I looked at it and I go you know you, you initially go well man we should have got more people to our booth we should have gotten more connections so more meetings but then I'm like look if one person comes well I'll use an example one of our customers ended up coming and she ended up saying something really nice about us in a public chat our whole team jumped on and thanked her they sent her an email that one little interaction got a signed contract that made my exhibit booth 100% worth it for the money. Right. And right. it was about that quality rather than that quantity on there too. Finding ways so. to have conversations and it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch um, because, and I've talked about this before, this idea for me of the kind of the Netflixification of events of, of the mm -hmm. attendees deciding, you know, is this now that we've had the, we've actually learned how nice it is sometimes to just stay at home. Now, as much as we want to be getting back together and see friends and hug and all that kind of stuff, there's also going to be those shows where you go, know, you know, I don't need to go to that one in person. Just like when we talk about going to the movie theater, you know, it's like, you know, I don't need to take, you know, pile the whole family into the car and go buy popcorn and all that. We'll just wait for that to come out on Disney Plus. Um, you know, it's going to be, that's the way our events are going to be. That's the way our trade shows are going to be. And you can get ahead of that curve or you can get smacked by it. Um, because there's going to be reduced value in a certain type of booth, I think. Mm -hmm. And it is the folks that were just sitting there with the squishy ball and the fish bowl. Um, 
the value there isn't going to be there for the attendee, which means therefore it's not going to be there for them either. Um, folks are going to be deciding, is this a trade show that I need to go to? And if you remember, if you're if anybody who listened to our conversation a few weeks ago about CES, the comments were, I miss my friends, I miss the people that I would run into, and I miss getting my hands on the gear. So those types of trade shows, people are still going to want to come to. But I, oh. I worry about the IMEXs of the world where 80% of that show floor is just talking to people from different you know, Companies, locations yeah. around yeah. the world. You know, people I think are, I'm worried that for that type of show where people are going to be like, you know what? I don't need to go to that show to talk to Mexico and, uh, you know, various mm -hmm. yeah. other venues Germany. around the world. Germany, yeah. yeah <laughs> Ireland, Scotland. Now, Ireland so we can get our Guinness. <laughs> exactly. Now, there's still fun things to do. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. But I think for a certain attendee type, you know, those hosted buyers are exhausted by the end yeah. of that show from walking up and down that trade show floor. And so if you can make their lives easier and um, do some of that even virtually uh, in an online space, even at the show, yeah. uh, figuring out ways to do that, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to to still do a hosted buyer model and but not necessarily have it's tough. Like I know IMAX makes a lot of money from those booths. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that, like I say, I worry for that type of show, but it just means we have to reinvent. I mean, yeah, that's, totally. that's what I, I, it really boils down to is if they don't do anything about it, they could be in a world of hurt. Um, and I, 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 they're smart people behind that show. I think they'll, they'll figure it out. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, like just looking at what they've done in this last year has been so incredible. Oh yeah. Um, just I, how I definitely, even do you take it online? You know, they, they were able to yeah. do it. So, yeah, 100%. And I think what's interesting, too, is it, the the vendors that are going to be with you in this evolution are going to be the ones, again, who get it. So the idea of being like, um, you know, they're used to having this big elaborate booth or whatever it is. And you say to them, look, we're going to go to this mode where we're going to do 10-minute long pitches all in throughout the day. We're going to have MC who recaps and gives these good things, right, and does, you know, this whole model. And we also need your top, you know, three educators to lead sessions that are value add no sales allowed at all they're gonna do the content and that's gonna be your exhibit booth for the same price that you had last time those people who get it are gonna be like hell yeah I actually like this better because staying 100% digital they stay in my funnel I can track it like I get it because I'm I love that I can put a tracking URL and know it came exactly from that booth Brandon and I have done this like a million times where I've spoken at conferences and I how much time do I spend scanning business cards just to email them to then get them onto my online funnel and get it. now I have this like smooth transition to do that sort of thing. And I like, man, this is so much easier than it used to be <laughs> than scanning that, that, that card. And I think the people again, who get are going to put that money into that value. They're going to look at it and say, wow, I was spending 20,000, you know, let's use bigger numbers, $200,000 on an exhibit booth. And you know, I have a million dollar marketing budget. Well, instead of looking at, you know, okay, well, I'm not going to just take that booth and, Half of it's going to go something else. I'm like, look, I, I'm going to put, you know, half that money into promoting that I'm at this show to get those people to come and build those relationships. And the other half I'm going to put into building a freaking awesome online experience or putting it towards, you know, a, a different level of sponsorship that I'm doing. I'll do more sessions, whatever it may be. Like, there's just so many more possibilities. And I, I um, started to change the, the, the topic in a little no, it's, way. No, it's, it's all related. It's all related. And that's it's part of part of the equation in all of this has to be the budget. And, and, and you have to look at those budgets and say, I mean, people spend 
enormous amounts of money on the physical cost of their booths. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those booths that we've seen are ridiculous. And I mean Same. that in a, in a good way. You know, yeah, like some the of them are really cool. <laughs> yeah, with the two stories and, uh, you know, being able to have little little side The waterfall that you can that makes you want to yeah. pee all day. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember that. Um, it's, it's, you know, so, but that money shouldn't just vaporize. It shouldn't, you know, I know a lot of companies are, are, are struggling and they've had to let, let a lot of people off, but same, just like our events, you know, the first thing that shouldn't have been done was to slash our money because people are now struggling to try and get that back. So yeah, we slashed the budgets because we're going online and online's basically free, right? So, you know, that was, <laughs> that was the huge mistake early on in this thing. And you can, it's so difficult to claw money back from a budget. And so those that were able to say, whoa, 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 just hold on, you know, we're going to have to pay for the platform. We're going to have to pay for this. You know, yes, we're going to save money on hotels. Yes, we're going to save money on airfare, but there's still plenty of money that needs to be spent on staffing and, and people like that. Um, same thing goes with our exhibitor booths, that, that there's, you know, money that was going to be spent on physical booths can can be well spent, even cutting some of it, if not half of it. I mean, can be still be well spent on digital um, digital marketing in uh, beefing up that that sales funnel like what can we do how can we, you know getting salespeople having multiple people ready to go to talk to multiple people at once one of the disadvantages of a booth is you can only get so many people in there at once it's true you know so true. digital we are not limited by time and space people we got to keep that in mind 100 percent 100 percent so yeah I, th- I think that kind of like hits home the point of kind of what I was thinking about in a lot of this it's about quality rather than quantity and I think that you know as much as like I want to be uh, you know, especially the events industry is struggling. People are trying to recoup revenue and things like that. The last thing I want to tell you is to say no to your sponsors willing to give you the biggest check you've ever seen in your life. Oh, heck no. But, ma- but maybe something to look at instead is to say to them, look, I get that you were our platinum top sponsor when it comes to it. But to be honest, like, I think that this might not be the best investment for you. Why don't we bump you down to this lower level, take some of that money, and invest in this, XYZ. Be an advisor to those exhibitors and helpful to help them make that digital divide. And if you can help them figure that out, they're going to find more value in working with you as a partner. They're going to see more value in the actual exhibiting. And then they're going to just like, it's going to be way, way better than that than anything. But so going to someone and has bad expectations, the person, like I always joke that if, if your exhibitor is the person that you had to yell at them to put their freaking picture in their profile and upload their logo, you got to start looking for more sponsors. You got to start, you know, they have to get it, I think, for you to have a great relationship and a great exhibiting experience. Absolutely. And, and, and imagine, just imagine the internal monologue that would go with a sponsor that you did that. Like, you know, we know you've been platinum, but we just, we think you would be better as a silver. <laughs> Spend less with us. Do, the, do X, Y, and Z, uh, that, the, and you're going to get the most out of our or out of or our uh, our event here um i would be blown away i would be absolutely blown away by by the honesty um by the integrity uh of that and and it would make me go want want to work even harder with them uh to 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 put on a better show um, yeah and then eventually they probably will wind up pushing their way back up to to to, to double I, I bet platinum we'll ha- super diamond I bet what would happen is that they'd be like, they come back and be like, well, no, my CEO wants us to be the title sponsor. Right. So what you're saying is that I might get more value. Okay, so what do I need to do to keep driving more value? They're going to then start asking you questions. They might even <laughs> beg to stay as the title sponsor. It's and, and, and like I'm not trying to like pull like a negging philosophy no, when no, it comes no. to this. But like I think that like they might come back and say, okay, oh, 
Yeah, so what do I do have to do to get the most value, value for this? Do it, for, right? do it if it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, We're not yeah, saying yeah. Like, I, mark, like, I can't not a blanketly <laughs> plan every event in the world and give you guys advice for it. Like, that's why individual strategy sessions exist with no, you're you know, Grand and I. But, but we, get, we, we just, this is just thought processes to kind of take in. I, I'm always a big fan of going, trying to think of like some crazy idea and then go down that route of thinking about that because it might force you to rethink your strategy on how you're doing things and break your normal cognitive way of thinking. That's why um, a shout outs to uh, Duncan from Disney who just did the the evolve keynote closing he's talked he talked a little about how the best places we get our ideas for stuff is not in front of the computer it's not at work it's in your shower you're going for a walk it's because that stuff breaks you out of your normal routine so the more yeah. you can do that I think the better and and, and it, imagine though the opposite right so the it's not hard to go down the opposite road which is when pentuple double diamond you know spends seven hundred million dollars on to be double <laughs> platinum super diamond and and then they have a terrible experience oh then and it's out. even that's gonna suck them because right. then what's gonna happen is they know five of other companies and that they've been talking to and they say i'm not getting the value i did right now they're seeing the title sponsor walk away and say they don't have the best value right. now they're wondering do i get value You're, that can scare me like if i was a company that does get it and does drive value i mean maybe part of me would be like yes leave because then that leaves the spot open for me but but no like it's gonna the, the that value is gonna create bad word of mouth and it's all part of the sales and marketing you know, process that you're all going to have. And it comes all the way back around to where we started, which is just engaging those folks. So you're having those conversations. If you just say, here's our double quadruple pentel platinum sponsorship <laughs> with triple diamonds, you know, then, you know, this gets and gets longer every time I say it, um, you know, then, and, and here's how much it costs. And that's the end of the conversation. It's done. But if you're doing what we're just talking about, just playing around with these ideas of like, hey, here's how we think you can get better value out of it at a lower level. I mean, that that's engagement. That's taking your stakeholders to the next level. That's deepening the relationships as opposed to just, well, it didn't work for us. We're out. Uh, uh -huh. And, you know, it's 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 not going to it's not going to go down that road because you're 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 having a conversation instead of a here, take it or leave it. 100%. And I think to bring us back to the theme of the year, I'm going to be just calling it now. I was talking to Brand Pretty <laughs> Show. I think this is the theme of the year for us is that technology isn't always a solution. Technology, I know this is the Event Tech Podcast. And if you hate the fact that we're not talking about technology, please send us an email, Event Technology at Event Tech Podcast at HelloEndless.com and tell us, but that it's technology is not always a solution. I think other than us saying the words AR and VR during this in our time, none of this had to do with technology. It had to deal with strategy of that using that technology to the next level 100%. So, Brent, I think that does it for uh, this week's episode. Thank you so much for coming and hanging on out. Any last final words of wisdom uh, for anybody out there in the interwebs? I agree with you completely. It is going to be the theme that, that you, can't, you can't tech your way into a solution. Uh, you need to design your way into the technology 100%. You heard it here first. We're the Event Tech Podcast, and we said technology cannot solve all your problems. Here first, you broke. we broke the news. You know what to do. But thank you guys, every single one of you, for continuing to be amazing listeners of the show. It means everything to us, all the rates and reviews and subscriptions that you give us for this podcast as we continue to grow. Uh, you know, As this podcast hopefully continues to drive value for you. If this is your first time listening, though, and you thought this was awesome, Go listen to our other episodes. Like that's one reason why we also break away from technology is we've been doing this now for Grant or Brand like two years now. Uh, 
it's getting there, yeah. in terms of the content. So there's so much content to go back on. We build upon things. We have things that still are valuable uh, that were you know came out in 2018, 2019. Go check those out. So, anyways, I'm gonna let you all get out of here because we're, we're we're starting to burn the candle at both ends. But thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you. Shoot us an email. Love to hear your thoughts. Event Tech Podcast at helloendless.com. And yeah, I hope you all have a fantastic day. And we will see you next week on the event not tech podcast oh wait wrong show the, the event the non tech podcast the non-technical the, the not event, tech is the, not the, the answer not tech, the technical podcast the not about we'll not, the not at all about tech oh. podcast we should just call ourselves the event tech podcast yeah all right yeah. the event tech podcast event tech podcast. see ya out out Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.